Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's episode 98 of the Audible Farm Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Couchtown Coffee. Couchtown Coffee is roasted in Iowa, and it's made to order, so if you make an order, they're roasting coffee specifically for you. That's neat. Uh, Not only is it neat, it's some of the best coffee I've ever had. So check it out. Go to www.couchtowncoffee.com, find a coffee you like, and when you send in your order, enter the code word RAMBLER and you can save 20%. The code word this week is RAMBLER and you can save 20%. Why? Because Couchtown Coffee is awesome and they support live music just like we do. So check them out, www.couchtowncoffee.com. The code word this week is RAMBLER. And why is the code word this week RAMBLER? Well, I'm sitting down with the Wright County Rambler himself, Clint Riedel. Clint and I have become buddies uh, pretty much just from doing the podcast. That's how I met him, and uh, we've checked in on him a few different times here throughout the last 100 episodes or so, and uh, the last time we talked to him was right when COVID hit, and so we got a little bit of a, a look into what he was facing as COVID had started, and now that you know performers are allowed to go back and play in bars and things like that i figured i'd sit down with him again and get his take on how things have changed and uh, maybe how his approach has changed etc and we had a pretty good conversation about it we talked about the jam nights we talked about uh oh man the jam nights everything's picking up at the jam nights it's been it's been crazy in barnum so check those out Otherwise, we've been talking about his schedule and how things have changed. And it's been a pretty good podcast. You know, we sat down and discussed all sorts of different stuff. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Stick tight. It's episode number 98 with the Wright County Rambler, Clint Riedel. It's the Audible Farm Podcast. With your host, Peter Stockdale. Oh, baby, I'm sitting down with Clint today. Clint Riedel, what's up, man? Oh, just hanging out, enjoying the nice weather. Yeah, man, last time, last time you and I talked uh, was actually in the middle of COVID, you know, it was one of those things where um, everyone was starting to do those live feeds and things like that, you know, and, and setting up their cash app accounts and Venmo accounts and things, and um you know, we were just kind of discussing like the different avenues everybody had to take in order to get things done and how everyone was starting to do new things just to, uh, you know, try to pass the time and, and entertain everyone still. But, you know, now, uh, I guess as of the time we're recording this, everything's still open and, and, and running. You know, it's, it's back up. Musicians have been back at it for like, what, a month? Yeah, a little bit longer, but not not truly working you know like even the bars were hesitant and some musicians were like i've i've picked up a couple of gigs up in okaboji just because there's some bands like they just they call and say we don't feel safe we're not going to play there so they cancel and you know me i'll pick that up on a dime yeah yeah i mean it makes sense too it's it's tough to we're still in that weird spot where it's like it's tough to sit on one side of the fence or the other really because it's you know i understand it's you know, pandemic, there's a virus, you know, sure, it's, sure. it's, uh, it's harming people, but at the same rate, like, you know, you, this is what you do for a living. So you got to find a way in order to, oh, you know, yeah. like, try to make something out of, out of anything. You bet. Like, um, that Venmo stuff only went so far, like people were gracious and I really appreciate all you out there. Um, 
the first couple of times, you know, but it's not like um, like my normal schedule where I'm hopefully playing three gigs a week and, you know, those are paying gigs and people are around and it's, it's a really good time. And now it's just like a lot of it's the atmosphere there. So when we were doing that Venmo push, it was just like, okay, this is sweet and all, but I'm just, you know, sitting on my couch watching you guys. So it's like, I gave you 20 bucks last week, so thanks for the songs. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I totally get you, man. I mean, it's got to feel weird, though, that, like, that came out of nowhere. Like, it was just a thing that's just like, well, I'll just play at my house, and uh, hey, this is my Venmo if you want to give me money. Otherwise, don't, but I'm just sitting here playing anyways. So yeah, so here you go. And then people started, you know... Like you said, throwing down money, five bucks, you know, 10 bucks, a dollar, yeah. anything. And, and it really did help. I do appreciate all that because like ramen noodles and cheap bourbon for, <laughs> for a couple of months. But. Yeah. I mean, and that's got to be something really cool to feel that like, you know, shows are starting to fire back up again. You're starting to play every weekend in different towns again. So everything's starting to, you know, starting to go back to normal at least a little bit. Oh yes, I love it. This is this has been a really good summer so far, honestly. Uh well, as far as it could be, you know, we've had a couple of shows that have canceled because it just they're not they're not having it like a couple of town days and uh county fairs and stuff like that, but um, you just got to stay hustling and yeah, I'm finding gigs unfortunately a couple of times overlapping. So anybody out there want to be a secretary to a dirty folk musician? And call me up, let me know. <laughs> well, I mean, that's kind of cool, though. Like, uh, you go from beforehand, you're playing shows every weekend, and then all of a sudden it ends, and uh, you're scrapping to do anything you can to, you know, just pass the time musically and uh, still entertain people. And now it's like, it's almost opened back up, and because, like you said, some places still want to have shows, but the their normal band, like they have a list of bands they can call, and it's like, do you guys want to do a show, Band A? And Band A says, you know, our bassist doesn't want to go play in public, so we're just oh, not yeah, going to... Yeah. And it's like, okay, understandable, you know? And then, you know, like you said, you get down to you and your band B or C, and it's like, hey, do you want to play a show? And they're like, heck yeah, you know, because you can do it solo, so that's probably yeah. also the benefit of it. Yeah, honestly, like uh, I got a gig coming up this weekend and it was going to be brad hofing and i over at the loft again it would be our second time in waterloo but um he turns out he can't make it so i called up my buddy jordan and i said hey man let's do this and he's like of course so we're gonna go over there and i think i talked caleb into it we'll see but it's kind of a drive and i'm gonna have to hassle him for a little more money throw another guy up there so yeah we'll check it out but yeah we're so versatile uh, as long as like the day drinkers um or brutal doesn't have a show you know like that's another challenge is making sure everybody gets together on dates like nope can't nope can't right on because we're all starting to get flooded with work it's a good feeling yeah yeah it's got to be really great you know and i mean i don't play too many shows you know anyways i guess um other than in my punk band but uh those are usually like at bars and things but you were talking about how like some like you know cities will have their own like oh we're doing whatever days or like this town days or something and some of those are not happening in some of the i would say like bigger cities because you and i live in smaller towns 
but uh, you know, some of the bigger cities justifiably are kind of closing down their city dances because it's like, well, do we really need like a thousand people all rubbing elbows? It's like, no, yeah, don't need to poke the bear. Yeah, these small town days, they're like, oh, a hundred people showed up. That was more than last year, you know, and it's yeah. still completely safe. Yeah, it's it's way safer to play those odds than it would be to be like, who's going to be liable when a thousand people start like no sneezing on each other and For you know, real? yeah, and I totally understand that, but it also it's you know it sucks because it's taking jobs away you know a little bit you know there's some of these ones that are are really big town you know dances or like street dances in the main street and they're getting shut down and it's it happens and it's understandable that these towns are like you know willing to do that just to keep everybody safe but it's also it's just such a bummer though it's it's, it's, nothing like this has ever happened yeah i can't i can't i never saw anything like this coming but Brad Hofing is a genius, and he called it straight out of the gate like a week before the shit. Like everyone just said, "Nope, we're not doing nothing. Stay home." So he was like, "Yeah, I bet in about a week they're gonna tell you to stay home and do nothing." I'm like, "Brad, you are insane." Nope, he's the smartest man I know. Yeah, well, I mean, and justifiable. Like you know, if he can't make it to a show, you know, it's understandable. I wouldn't. You yeah, know, no doubt he's he's got a family. I, however, have a cat. So. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, different factors at play there, definitely for sure. You know, and it's it's also one of those things like during during all of this, you got to find something else to keep you busy. And I mean, you and I have uh, palled around here and there um, since I met you, which is kind of crazy to think that like you and I met literally for the first time ever on this podcast. Yeah, like where I'm sitting right now. Yeah, and where I'm sitting right now <laughs> no, no, in the man. same situation. So, and it's and it's crazy to think that like in the music community around here you've become um you know one of my better friends i guess oh, I, yeah, you know definitely. it's uh if i'll just come out and say it you know we're friends and whatever but like you and i uh while all this was happening i had spitballed you the idea of um i had showed you a video i took on my phone and you were like wow that looks really clear and it sounds really good and i said well i'll tell you what like we could try and do something like make a music video if yeah, you really yeah. wanted to you know and I don't have like a degree in video production. Um, I was just curious when I was younger and I had a computer. So I always just dug into every program and all this different softwares. And I was like, I could probably make a video. So I used to like make little videos and things. And I was like, ah, it wouldn't be super like high end production, but it would be a good music video nonetheless. Yeah. Those cameras are freaking fantastic. Yeah. And it was just from a phone and we like spitballed the idea and it's like, you know, how much do you, you know, how much are you charging for this? You and I had yeah. worked, worked, actually worked out something pretty cool. I got a painting out of it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, I'm big on the bartering system. Yeah, man. And uh, so, I mean, that was something really cool. And I just wanted to see if I could do it. And you and I were just kind of hanging out anyways. So we just took an afternoon and, and picked a handful of different places and recorded, you know, the song. And then I mushed it all together and brought it back to you and you yeah, and it's got like quite a few views. I haven't seen it in a while, but I think we broke like three thousand or something. So that's a lot of eyeballs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it has like three thousand some views on Facebook at least. Yeah, that feels good. And it's oh. got to feel good, you know, especially because like we didn't, we didn't, we didn't go into this thinking like as in a promotional sense the correct way. We should have like teased the video for weeks and then put it out. Oh sure, you know, a la Scott Kirkhart. Oh you yeah, know, man, he's got he, like a bazillion views a, on a video. A literal bazillion. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's a lot of zeros. Yes. So, uh, and, you know, it's, I, I think it's actually over 100,000, which is pretty Good wild. God, really? Yeah, I, I swear. So, uh, but that was something, you know, he did it the right way where he teased it and teased it and teased it with like little tiny clips of his music video. And then he was just like, 
like, boom, it's coming out on this day. This is the day we chose, and everybody was waiting for it and ready for it, you know. And and with us, we just, like, within about a week or two, we're just kind of like, hey, we made a music video. Check it out what we did that afternoon. Yeah. And it was actually, like, something pretty fun to do, just on the simple fact that, like, I'd never done anything like it, and I sat and watched uh jesse wilson record his music video you know oh yeah that was a production right there that yeah. was that was big time his is going to yeah. be one of the good ones uh yeah. like scott's like oh, Scott yeah. Kirk that, that's got to be dropping like real soon he had teased that it was going to drop really soon i forgot the date i actually thought it was supposed to be this last friday but uh i think oh, it might be next friday um that is as of the time we're recording this but it should be coming out really really soon i i, I know it is probably by the end of the month by the end of july so oh yeah everyone out there be sure to check that out me and jeremy ober are in there and cal and well of course jesse but that was a lot of fun shot it over at well parts of it at the junkyard and we just you know made an afternoon of it Mm -hmm. drinking beer being told where to stand and how to look it was a good time yeah i mean that was that was really fun because i came over just to see what everybody was doing just to see what was up and i got put you know like I didn't get put at the bar, but it was just like, where can I sit that's out of the way? And I just like sat at the bar and I was like, this will be a good spot. I'm not in the way. I don't think I'll be in any shots, you know? <laughs> and and then there was uh, the guy who was running the camera and directing the whole thing was just like, hey, I, I took some shots from like outside and around the corner and stuff. And you're like, you're, you might be in some B-roll footage. So maybe I'm in oh, it too. But Featuring Peter Stockdale. You, know, you might see me in the background uh, uh, bobbing my head to the tunes, you know? Oh. And, you know, that was something cool because I'd never seen anything like that done either you know me either at all like uh, he showed up with one of those like hanging rigs and all that jazz it was like whoa but yeah uh, i think you did a fine job with two iphones (laughs) uh yeah i mean not to like give the secret out but i literally like if you watch clint's music video which is on the audible farm youtube channel or clint's uh facebook yeah we should just tag that at the end of this eh? yeah i'll tell you what i'll put it in the description as that way everybody can just scroll down and look at it so there will be a link to it down in the description but you should check that out i mean it's what we did was we literally just sat down with some iphones and used those as the recording devices and i it's not like i have two iphones but like i have an old one and a a new one so i just brought my old one with and was like well this thing's got a camera and it's better than you know it's actually better than any of the like gopros i have or anything like that you know it's better than a couple of beats my track phone like i try to send pictures or videos to people and they're like why why are you what are you doing this is is blurry as hell and just (laughs) tiny stop it yeah i mean and that was what was neat because we just like well let's throw this on a you know on a tripod or let's walk around with it and we didn't do too many takes i think we did like at at most like 30 takes my favorite part was when that old lady well she's not an old lady she's a nice little lady across the street was mowing her lawn oh yeah like of course you can't hear it because we're just using like brad brad hofing dead road music um it's his recording so we just played that through that like uh, Bluetooth speaker and, you know, strummed along to it. And then hopefully it'd line up later. But that little lady that was like mowing her lawn across, she's like just kind of waving, but kind of not. And she's like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. And then Eric Dillon later talked to her and he's like, they're shooting a music video over there. She's like, I know. And she's like, she just stopped in the background and everything. That, yeah. that was awesome. Yeah, it was pretty fun because I remember we were like just shooting some videos for fun and 
out there just we were i mean we did a lot of goofing off and i just left cameras rolling so i could get b-roll stuff but it was it was pretty fun because like like you said you're like playing along to stuff and i'm like looking over there and she'd like cruise by and like wave at you real big <laughs> yeah, and, it's, yeah. and it's just like you just look over and smile like hey you know still doing something here oh but. well that's like dino uh hey dean uh dean peterson here in town he, he was he's probably going to be in jesse's music video uh oh cool he, he's a local and he was at the bar with us while we were shooting it and like one scene or whatever i'm pulling up on my motorcycle and like they're filming me pulling up that's the whole purpose just drive up there stop it get off okay so i do and here comes dean flying out of the left field just like ah hey what's going on man Uh, i don't think you're supposed to okay let's just continue talking yeah yeah but so who knows i hope that stayed in there i mean some of those natural interactions are some of the best like uh uh, like, I don't know, we'd record stuff and like I said, I'm running two cameras and trying to like coordinate everything the best I can to get it to work, you know, while you're, while you're doing all the playing and looking good. And so like, we'd get over done with everything and I'd have all, you know, like about a minute worth of scratch footage before and after. And like, there's one of the, there, I took some of that, you know, and added it in there as well. And I mean, we, t- we, d- we cliched it a little bit too, you know, we, right. we went on the railroad tracks and yep. stuff, but you know, well, we it's had- so convenient when this is your backyard, you know, that junkyard is like. 20 feet from my door yeah yeah yeah. it's real close i mean that's that was one of the other cool things was we did all the recording for all this one you know pretty close to one location and i'm and i'm glad we didn't use the junkyard um in this video just due to the fact that like the bar yeah Yeah. the actual bar itself uh uh instead of you know because jesse's gonna put his out you know and that's where his is gonna be based on and i didn't want to like you know steal the thunder beforehand you know yeah and there's another cat who like recorded one up up here like he came up from des moines i think some oh, cool. like new country artist and like he had another like big production cat come along with him and they shot all sorts of scenes it's out there in the world i can't remember the artist's name but i'll have to see if i can find that i've been trying to hunt down as many music videos from people from iowa so if anyone's listening to this and you've made a music video send it on over to audible farm somehow sure, yeah. i want to check the, it out all the more eyes on it man like i love that you share everybody's stuff yeah i try my yeah. <laughs> i try my best if i see it it's just like ooh, i gotta share this to at least you know share it at least to the group so everybody that follows the audible farm group on facebook you know can can see what i see you know and uh well, and the music scene's freaking happening around here, and it really has been for a little while now. But uh, yeah, I just just started uh, hanging out with this new person, and they're like, "Oh my God, I can't!" Like, I, I didn't know about all this before. It's like, yeah, you really wouldn't expect it when you walk into town that, like, you know, Sneaker, C Tap, even Fourth uh, Street, and Oh God, Dodger Tap, just all these places, and you know, Shiny Tap. Yeah, I mean, you just go down River, the list. Yeah, that's just basically everyone is really music friendly around here. At least one day, like yeah, I think Monday is our only day off. Like you know, Tuesday I run a jam. Um, Wednesday there's there used to be bike night all the time, but now there's sneakers, you know, and oh god, I mean it just keeps going. I was just yep. thinking about other ones like Amigos. Yeah, you know? Thursdays Byron's host jams, and you know it's just it's all over the place all the time. Yeah, I mean there's probably at least ten places in Fort Dodge that'll not just like allow music. There's there's some that feature music. Not uh, you know they have one feature day, plus they'll have somebody on the weekends, you know, coming in, and there's all sorts of cool stuff like that, as well as places that don't always have music that would still love to have music you know so she was just like blown away and then to just enter the scene and like start hanging out with my friends and stuff and realize there's a there's just a ton of like-minded 
dirty musicians around this area, you know, like come to a jam and meet like, you know, 10 people that you may or may not assumed was a musician, but they're all up there just blowing your mind. Like last week was a blast. Yeah. I think about stuff like that. Like you go to jam nights and everyone's there to have fun. And I, I fall into the trap myself so many times where it's like, man, there's so many good people here. I don't want to go up there and ruin this. And it's like, you're not going to ruin it. You know, you're just, you're going to do what you do and it's not what they do. It's different. And yeah. And if it meshes awesome, if not, no big deal. You know, it's such a laid back environment. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's the thing. Everyone's got to remember going to jam nights is just, just go out there and have fun because everyone wants everyone to have fun. And I mean, and in this situation, I've been in others, but everyone here is rooting for you. Like, you know, I hope, I hope you do good. If, if you try as hard as you can, you're getting like really good applause. Yeah. I mean, there's some jam nights where people are like, well, these are the, this is the song list in this key. So, you know, work on these songs and then come up and and play one of them with us. But but these ones, it's just kind of like, what's somebody playing? You know, uh, a couple weeks ago, I was playing guitar up there and Jeremy Ober was just like, pick a key. And somebody was just like, you know, a it was I can't remember what it was something weird like A sharp minor, and he's just like, all right, uh, might as well. He looks at it for about three seconds. And he's like, all right, here we go, and he starts playing Red House, and it's just like, how do you do that? You know, and it's it came out of nowhere, and it was just like, I don't know how to play Red House, you know, off the top of my head. So I'll tell you what, I'm just gonna augment all the stuff he's doing and play some nice, you know, simplified chords that fit along with it, and play some leads when I can, and. And, you know, everything worked out, you know. Oh, God, yeah. Another one we did was uh, East Side Window. That was, you know, there's oh, yeah. a music video for that one. one. Best, Speaking of, yeah. yeah, that's that's a killer song, which is a song that I have never played before, not even at a jam night, which is Isn't some... that fun, though? Like, you don't expect to learn this song ever. I've got one of his under my belt, but I can never remember the words. So I love jamming on it, but I get the chance to play it on a Tuesday with him. You know? Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, that was something really cool. It's, I mean, it's really special for me, too. You know, Jeremy's been one of those people that's been in the scene around here for uh, over a decade, you know. And, well, uh, he is immortal. So. <laughs> and it's just kind of crazy to think about that kind of stuff where it's like, man, this song's, I think East Side Window's probably been out for about 10 years, maybe. I don't know. That's my guess. I That's just a blind guess. I could look it up, but... Uh, I think you probably pretty close man yeah and it's you know it's something i've never tried to play and i'd go to jam nights every now and then and i'd hear him bust it out it was just like dude this song is so cool and then you get up there and play it and the best part was you get done and you go outside and you know there's a couple other musicians palling around outside and someone comes out and they're like dude i just gotta tell you that was awesome it was just like what And they're like i can't believe you ripped it up like that on east side window and it was like i never played it before i was just kind of a good feeling i was all on the fly you know and they're like you've never played that and it was that good it was like yeah you know and it's not like i destroyed the song and and just shredded the whole thing up but but to walk up there and you know add your voice to it and never playing it before is a pretty good feeling it's such a good feeling you know and that's that that made me think you know everyone's up there just to try to help everyone else have a good time and you know jeremy always calls out the key changes pretty well if he's got some weird stuff going on and that's another thing that i've always kind of liked about him you know um for example last week at the jam night um, which we should talk about because there were so many awesome people that just randomly showed up, which was really cool. Yeah, no doubt. Like uh, Bo Bonner, my buddy, I used to play with him back in the day, and Scott Kirkhart, and uh, your pal that you brought around. Yeah. Oh man, Dan, Dan Blair. Dan, yeah, f- we had some we had some hitters up there. That was fun. It was really fun. And I remember there was some song that somebody was playing, and it was something goofy. Um, oh, Jesse Wilson was up there, like with full band because we were all there. So it's like 
I didn't know Scott Kirkhart could play the drums. I'll say that right now, but he uh, could play the hell out of them. Uh, he can play them very well. You know? yeah. And he's like, I haven't played since high school. And it's like, whatever, dude. You're, yeah. you're just up there destroying he's it. He's a closet drummer. Like, down in his basement, he's got a Neil Pert kit. It's <laughs> like, a big gong yeah. behind him. He's like, oh, I don't know if I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was super good. I mean, and that's the other fun thing was he... I mean, I didn't even know he was there, and it's Scott Kirkhart uh, plays guitar and sings, you know, Salty View uh, solo stuff and the whole nine yards. But then he's just like, does anybody playing drums? It's like, no. He's like, does anybody care if I get up there? I'm like, no. Uh, they want you to get up there. You know, who like I play drums there. That's how much everyone loves somebody playing drums at no, jam no. Nights. Yeah, I'll even get up there and, oh, my God, ruin whoever's playing a song. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I will give you an ACDC rock beat for everything, and it'll still be better than nothing uh-huh. but but scott goes up there and he's hitting ghost notes and rolling all over the place like what are you doing dude you're that good and you've just been hiding out get up there you know like, why wouldn't you yeah. oh man it's so good but yeah I, I love how everybody helps each other at the jam nights like um somebody was up there playing and they couldn't hit the key that they were in because it was in a a major key and jeremy was just like he's trying he, i know what he, he just like in his mind was like looking he's like he's trying to do this all in minor and he's just like this is the minor key you want to try to be in and he, instantly the guy was just like boom and nailed it and he was just like thank you you know and oh yeah definitely. you know it's not like we're trying to call you out or anything but jeremy just saw somebody struggling and was just like try it this way and they did and it's just click boom it worked some of that probably comes from jeremy doing guitar lessons and playing oh, guitar definitely. forever but yeah but everyone just tries to be like a good papa bear like you know yeah yeah i only want to see you do better you know yeah so, like, another good example of that was your buddy Bo showing up. Um, I've never met him before. Yeah, but he's, he's freaking getting there, man. Like, he's writing some stout songs. Yeah. Like, not that he wasn't there before, but, like, I'm, he played a couple songs I haven't heard because I haven't seen him for probably a year, year and a half, something like that. But, yeah, man. Well done, Bo, if you're listening. Yeah, but. definitely. I mean, that was that was really good when... He got done playing a few songs. I was like, do you write all those? And he's like, yep. And I was like, are you serious? Like, I was just like, dude, that's cool. And he was like, what? And I, like, he, I, it like took him back, you know, a second. Like, what? You like it? And I was like, yeah, uh, yeah, hello. Especially since he's, you know, he's definitely got that. <laughs> well, we all do to a s- extent. I think I'm probably a little more folk. Jeremy's a little more rock. But like that whole storytelling, you know. Yeah. Like Tyler Childers' side of life thing, like going on right now. He's definitely fallen into that. And you really don't have to find a niche market for that anymore. I heard some old man going down. Just I woke up Sunday in my camper because I played a couple shows Saturday in Iowa Falls. Stayed the night. Woke up. Walked to get a coffee. And I hear Tyler Chillers coming from like a Harley behind me. I'm like, oh, all right. Oh, I'm going to listen to a little music on my walk. And he goes by me. And here's this just like old man, you know, on a big old rich dresser. And he's just blaring Tyler Childers. I was like... I know that isn't on a radio station, so good on you, man. Yeah. You know, so our kind of music is really, it's pretty acceptable around here, it seems. And I think that's one of the things that draws me to it, because I'm not, like, too much of a folk or country fan, but the storyteller aspect of it always got me. Like, some songs that tell great stories always get burned in my head, and I... It's weird because I'll be like, I don't remember how the song goes, and I don't remember the chorus of the words, but I remember a song about this happening. Yeah, no and, doubt. And like they painted the picture. Yeah. They painted a picture so well that I know what the story was about the song, you know. And um, I mean, there's tons of those, and I think that storyteller aspect is something a lot of people enjoy. 
uh, you and I were uh, out throwing some disc golf not too long ago, and I was like, let's listen to some Iron Maiden. And you're not like someone that's just like, yeah, throw on some metal. So I just like yeah. I put it on, but like while it's playing, I'm just like kind of explaining some of the songs because they're. Oh yeah, I had no idea that they were so like. I'm gonna tell you a story. If you can listen to the operatic, you know, and the the ten minute solos and keep the storyline going, like it's a pretty unique tale they tell. Yeah, a lot of their songs are like, well, this song is about you know the battle of this, or this song is about uh you know a tail gunner in this war, you know, and this song yeah. is about you know this book that I read, you know, and those are some of the coolest things that happen you know like uh as far as songwriting you know giving giving somebody the ability to like talk about something that had happened in their life you know and that's one of the reasons i think i enjoy so many of your songs because like things will happen in your life you know good bad or otherwise and you'll just be like i'm gonna write a song about it and you do and it's like well that's now encapsulated forever you oh, know yeah it's and it's cleansing you know like you have a bad day and you tell the world about it, like you are forced to confront yourself, you know? Ooh, yeah, so, totally. So as long as you're not afraid to tell the world exactly how you feel, you know, well, not exactly, like we were talking earlier about all the jerks on the interweb. Yeah, you gotta have like, some tact. Yeah, like, you know, if you don't have anything nice to say, just tell it to someone who's not gonna repeat it. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Don't say it out loud. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that I mean, that's like one of the coolest things I think about you know, going to these jam nights and things like that is I get to hear all these different songs. A lot of them, ironically, a lot of, excuse me, a lot of the songs are like originals though. Like, and that's one of the coolest things is you get to hear people's original tunes. And yeah. I mean, you write a lot of your stuff by yourself with just an acoustic guitar and that's what you have in mind. Yep. And I honestly, I don't give instruction to uh, my band at all. Like my brother's just, I like, Hey, this is a song I wrote. And Brad's like, okay, what key? And, you know, Jordan's the same way, like, just kind of strum it, let me know how it goes, and Caleb will find the beat, because he's just a mastermind, and all of a sudden, that song becomes its own entity. Like, I write the words and chords, and then they just tell me how to play it, basically. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's one of the coolest parts about jam nights, too, because people like you can walk up there, and it's just like, well, I wrote this on an acoustic guitar, whatever you want to add go for it you know and you just kind of like let people do it and yeah, just feel it out like okay that that solo's just long enough now i need to keep their attention and i'll word it yeah. yep yeah or like if you you know people like you and jeremy or whoever else if you see somebody's like really feeling it on a solo it's just like keep going you know instead of just like this is normally where i would end the solo if it was a song but it's just like no no keep, i'm going around again you know and you just keep going around i love that that's been caught on on tape or whatever been recorded a couple of times on our live shows that brad's got where oh yeah i am gonna do a hard press of the live from everywhere album oh cool soon. yeah i finally finally working again so i got some money in my pocket and it's time to just pull the trigger so i'm gonna get the artwork done and then just start making some hard copies so i can sell them at shows or mail them off to people who want them because i i get asked that hopefully you know, two or three times a show, like, where's your CD? And, you know. It's tough to, when people want a CD, to be like, uh, it's digital, you gotta go to yeah. this website and download it. Or yeah, and I hope you take the time rather than, you have $10 in your hand. I have a CD. I should trade you. Exactly. You know? Yeah, it's so much easier when you have something physical, especially yeah. if that's what people want is something then, physical. And then they'll get to see another side of it, too. Like, I, I used to be a tattoo artist, so I don't want my art to be, like, you know, kind of hacky or plain. Like, it, I definitely want it to be as storytelling as my songs so yeah i gotta definitely. put some thought into it but do it quick enough that i can do this before i blow all my money <laughs> yeah yeah exactly i mean that's that's one of those cool things too is like uh 
Brad is like such a he's so good with like digital sound and all this stuff like that you know recording things you know altering them you know making things sound the best way they can you know it's brad just kind of hides you know behind the scenes everywhere and Uh, he's he's just like the mad scientist he just doesn't let you know yeah he's you know it's a secret weapon that he has that he doesn't ever bust out but he but he always has it out nobody knows he's doing it you know yep and that's you know that's one of those really cool things because he records all your guys's shows so somewhere out there there's recordings of like I would say the majority of the shows you guys have played. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. Like, I just bought two more of those little zip drives or whatever they're mm-hmm. called that hold a whole bunch of information. Yeah. Because we filled up Brad's. So. Oh, yeah, so you got to get more of those little flash sticks or yep. whatever they are. Yeah, yep. those so USBs. We're, we're going to start recording more of, like, when it's just him and I, we go by Clint Riedel and The Truth. So we're going to start recording more of those because no sense in it. You know, I play a whole lot of a whole lot of songs, so some of my songs don't make it on to the Rambler album and don't even make it on my solo album so why not put it on a clint riedel and the truth album yeah totally i mean that's that's another one of those things like just because we don't have like a hard copy of this recorded live on an album doesn't mean you can't release a live version of it somewhere else you know i mean it's that's been done by other bands it's not like it's a faux pas you're doing or anything no it's just honestly convenience and exposure you never expect to make any money off of it like uh, i got a bazillion plays on Spotify that probably amount like amounts to like eight dollars and fifty cents or something. Yeah. You know? and yep. then, but you know, you sell a couple albums on Amazon and that helps. So, oh god, but it's nothing like the hard copy, you know. And even if you're just trying to win people over, like just giving them out because at the end of the day, it costs you three dollars a CD or whatever to yeah. produce. So yeah, it's you're the, spending money on promotion that way, but yeah. You know. But And that's only thanks to Brad, of course, because he did all the recording and stuff. I didn't have to, like, you know, go to Junior's or Forte or something and, you know, pay for my time and all that. Like, mm-hmm. Brad's just a stand-up cat, so. That's one of the other cool things, though, is you will be able to give someone, like, a live representation of what it would sound like with you and a full band or you and just Brad or, Yeah, you definitely. Know. A, um, we made some demo CDs. I went up to Minnesota and bar hopped, basically. And just started handing out demos, and it was, yeah, just, like, examples of me all alone. Like, if you want to hire me, like, I'll travel, no problem. And sometimes everyone in my band can't make it, but here's an example of what we sound like as a full band. And mm-hmm. So, yeah, I need to break it down, too, because Brad and I are pulling a lot of shows just duo, because with that COVID, like, the bars want to make some money. And yeah. it's really hard to do that when you're paying a band 800 bucks, but... You can still pull off some cash if, you know, you're only charging $400 to this place. They're like, okay, you know. Yeah, then you just go up solo or something like that. I mean, that's probably got to be something that's changed before and after that was like one of the first things you noticed was like, you're in a bind and you need to play shows, but the bar is also in a bind because they haven't made money for like a month or two or three, you know, so they're like, everyone's kind of stuck in this weird spot and you don't want to undersell yourself, but... You also don't want to miss out on the opportunity to play. So you're in this weird spot where it's like, do I change my rates or do I leave them the same? Or, you know, do we just, are you trying to do shows with smaller bands now because it costs less? And like, there's got to be some goofy stuff you're thinking about like that, that had never really crossed your mind beforehand. Oh yeah, definitely. Before it was just like venue size, you know, like we won't even be able to fit four people in here, you know, stuff like that comes Mm -hmm. to mind. And then if you can't fit four people in there, they obviously can't afford them anyway. So it's not an issue, but now it's like some of these places didn't make it like the barn up in Okaboji. I called him when this all rolled around again and crazy Bob up there. He's like, Hey, really good to hear from you. Blah, 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 blah. What you up to? I'm like, I'll just fishing for gigs. He's like, 
that's cute. Uh, yeah, the lease on this is like ten grand a month, and I was shut down for you know three months, and then it was the winter season before that. Nokoboji is like, sorry man, I'm not I'm not open anymore. I was like, oh, oh that's rough. Yeah, so some of these places that you think were untouchable, like. Up, you know. Yeah, in Okoboji of all places. Yeah, you think almost anywhere in Okoboji would do fine. Yeah, oh, this place is beautiful too up there. I hope it reopens. I wish him the best of luck. He's got the best barbecue up there. That's that's what he's famous for. Crazy Bob's barbecue. <laughs> A little plug. <laughs> nice. I mean, unfortunately, it's not there anymore, but. You I, know. Never, I never got one of those t-shirts now I think about oh, it. Oh, that's rough. That's I rough. Know. And it was amazing because it was just his face. Like it oh, was crazy cool. Bob's barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. You know, that's something else cool, though. Like you've played a lot of shows all over the place. You've probably like met and oh, my played war- a lot of. My wardrobe is like bar shirts. I'm wearing a co-op bar and grill tank top right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's pretty awesome. You know, that's, that's something that, uh, you know, like as a musician that goes places, that's where you can like. You'd be like, I've played here, I've played here, I've played here, I've played here. You know, that's like almost like your ticket stub for being there, you know? Oh, totally. It's like that music memorabilia. Just, I look at that t-shirt and I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that night. My car didn't start the next day. Oh, rough, yeah, 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 man. I, you know, and that's one of the cool things about, you know, me going to jam nights is it gives me a taste of like interacting with some of you people. Cause I primarily play like punk music in, or like rock. I don't know what you want to call it. It's, we say punk as a generality, but it's, you know, it's, it's harder. It's harder. You know, antisocial rock music was, you know, one of our favorite genre titles. It's not an actual genre, but if it was social distancing punk, that's, yeah. what, that's what we would be, you know, uh, you know, but, uh, you know, like I played in a metal band too, for a while and we played a lot more like, uh, you know, power metal type stuff and slightly progressive-ish metal a little bit. And, you know, I don't get to, I don't get the chance to play like blues and, and, you know, clown around with some of you guys. They get to do stuff like this on a, on a regular basis, but this gives me like a taste of it, you know, and that's one of the things I think I'm so thankful for is like in the tiny town of Barnum, Iowa, there's actually a really awesome bar that has a jam night once a week. No doubt. And it's got to be a big shout out to the Dillons because that family, like, Oh yeah, I'm gonna be mayor of this joint pretty soon. Uh, what? <laughs> yeah. So last last mayor election, like I was just down at the bar, and Paula, Dean's wife, was like, "Hey everybody, let's write in Clint for uh, mayor tomorrow." And they're like, "Yeah, let's do that. That sounds like a great idea." So uh, I wake up the next day, and Ashton, uh, bar manager, his dad owns the bar here, Dylan, he uh, he calls me and he's like, "Hey man, you're the mayor. You won." You had 13 votes. I was like, what? He's what? like, he's like, yeah, you're in charge, man. I was like, you're kidding me. It's like, nope. So I was so proud. Like I called my sisters and stuff. I was like, you're never going, you're never going to believe this. I am the mayor of Barnum. And they're like, that's insanity. What are you going to do? And I'm like, whatever Eric Dillon tells me to. <laughs> and they're like, okay, that checks out. So he lets it go for like three days. I'm just like telling everybody I know, like you can address me as Mayor Riedel right now. So watch how you talk and so you know just being a jerk about life Uh and uh so yeah then he let me in on it i only got nine votes oh man the winner got 12 so so i didn't even run and they just thought of it like eight hours before voting and i got nine votes so so you're not the mayor but not not right now but but almost (laughs) i'm gonna like make one flyer and put it at the bar and that'll be my whole campaign Uh, it'll probably work yeah no doubt like (laughs) there's nothing else to see around here yeah man i mean that's what's really cool about having this bar here is like i never really thought about like 
myself as too much of a bar fly in my like you know recent adult years but like i can come here and hang out have sodas get a get food yeah no you know doubt. that's like one of the best things like you got burgers and fries and the whole nine yards i'm not trying to plug the junkyard too much here no, but, like, but yeah they've they pay my rent man i love them yeah and they host like one one of my favorite jam nights that there is to go to it's one of the only ones that's around the area that's consistently being run but like i said you know i've said before there's so many fun people show up like Bo showed up and i i didn't even know who he was and he played amazing and it was like dude this is really cool you know i never would have got the chance to see this it is just like, anywhere else well and jeremy moved into town like since this whole covid stuff and so we've you know that's why we had so many of our little like little virtual concerts together because you know he's just down the road so mm-hmm. for him to show up at barnum now is just you know a given like hey this is where all us like-minded people are and it reminds me so much of like just the east nashville scene to where like everybody meets up at a house and starts talking about their songs and throw them out there see what happens see, you know like because we're all songwriters so when we meet up on tuesday it's like got anything new well yeah kind of this all right go for it and then you know there's already additive to it and you can see the direction your songs are going just by the people you're hanging out with yeah i mean on any given random you know jam night you can find that like oh this song might actually sound better if if we do this instead or or blah 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 because whoever else might take it a different direction you know definitely yeah that's that's what's really cool uh, also, this made me think. Also, speaking of like uh, Bo, he he was playing in like um, down tuned acoustic, and then he would like throw a capo on. So when we were trying to figure out what key he was in, it was just like, oh yeah, he did not make it doo-doo. easy on the world. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's a half step down. And then so like every time I'd go up to play with him, or my buddy would play with him, it was just like, oh jeez, this is this is pretty nuts, you know? Like get ready to do math. Yeah, exactly. You got to sit there and think about it. It's like uh, he's like, I swear it's here. I'm like. Oh, he's down to half. Go go down a fret, and he's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right." You know, oh, and then the song just comes alive. Yeah, yeah, it's that's so fun. I mean, that's also one of the other fun things about going to jam nights is sometimes you go up there with somebody and like, "What key are you playing?" And they're like, "I don't know." These are the chords, and you're like, "All right, now now I have to actually like test my knowledge." Here oh, yeah, we go. That, and that's definitely me. Like, I don't know, I'm capoed on nine, making a C shape. What do you think? Yeah, like, <laughs> oh, and that's another one. Like Brad being bassist. Bassists are always naturally pretty good at this, but they're just like that's a this. Yeah, oh, definitely. Like He's just like, instantaneously boom, boom, boom. know. Okay, here we go. Yep, it's a F. Yep. yep. Yeah. So, I, and that's one of the things I like about hanging out around you know different musicians is watching their capabilities and just being like, oh, this isn't impossible. You know, this is yep. a a thing that's doable. And that's also something I think about with like music, where like. Like I said, some, sometimes you go up there and you're like, I've never met this person. I've never, this is their song. I've never heard it, you know, never played it. And you get to try to figure it out on the fly, okay. you know. Yep. And, Hold on and go. Yep. And that's something that always made me so nervous the first few times I did it. But, you know, I, you know, I got to thank, honestly, like you and Jeremy were the two people that kind of pressured me into it. Um, I was here at a jam night just watching you guys. And Jeremy was just like walks over and hands the guitar to me. He's like, oh, I'm done for a little bit. And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, you get up there. And I was like, what? Like, oh, yeah, man. Then we were the house band at uh, Patty's that one jam session. Yeah. yeah you, man. me, Brad, and DJ from the Tank Anthony band. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, man. That was really fun. And I mean. I forgot. That was. God, who did we have drumming um, I can't remember. I don't think it was Caleb, but it might have been Scott Dahl. Oh, I believe so. Yeah, yeah. And that was yep. another one where it was just like, I don't know what's going on here. And you were just like, Yeah, just have fun. And like Brad just leans over. He's like, Yeah, just do a little bit of this, and then and then hit the solo. And it was just like, Oh, okay. You know. And that was like the fun part about having Brad up on stage is he's he's always willing to help as well. You know, at jam nights because 
and like I said, that's one of the best parts about coming to the jam nights here is you don't have to be like prolific. You don't have to be oh, like God. No, the, I'm always I'm always the worst musician up there. It yeah. just, that's how it works out. That, I'm used to it. That's how I feel though too. You know, you go up there and you're like, oh, geez, some of these guys are so awesome. But like, that's one of the best parts is like. Uh, one of my friends does not go to jam nights, Dan, you know, but it was just like, you know how to do this, Dan. Like, let's just go up there and try it live, you know? Dude, and that, he killed it. Like, yeah, for, I, for I just like, kept choosing some songs that like, I knew he would get around and enjoy playing, just listening to him noodle around. I was like, okay, he'll really dig this. Like, bury that body in the deep cold ground. Yep. He's like, yup. Yep. So. Yeah. And I mean, that's like some of the fun part is like, you also like knowing the situation. We're like, this isn't something he does all the time. Let's give him something with a lot of breathing room. Yeah, definitely. So, so you do and... And it ends up being something really fun, you know. And like I said, Dan's like just as capable as I am of doing all this stuff. He just doesn't have, I don't know if he doesn't know where to go, but it was just like, I'm taking you with, let's do this, you know. And it was really fun to see him, you know, get out of his element and try and figure all that stuff out on his own and, and play. And that's, oh, I'm glad he got up there, man. Like, yeah. And I've, and that's one of the things I always thought about jam nights was like, do I fit in here? Should I get up there? Is it, is it going to lower the bar or whatever? But after a while, you're like, it doesn't matter. Everyone's up there to have fun. You know, it always comes back to that. And I, I always have to t- retell myself that. And I, I get nervous like that when I go to Byron's, to be completely honest. When it's singer-songwriter night, I'm cool because, you know, I'm just up there doing my thing. And that's just like any other room, but even more gracious because it's Byron's, for God's sake. Yeah, it's really and cool to be up there. Yeah, it's an honor. And it's just everyone is... A, it's it's like the junkyard. Everyone is... A, well, it's even more friend, music-friendly than the junkyard simply because, like, it's Byron's. It's you know? Byron's, yeah. You, you can't beat that. Yeah. But, uh... So, um, yeah, I get nervous on, like, when you get together and do some jam nights up there because, like, these guys are a little older, been playing since they were young, and are prolific. Like, just, they keep learning, they keep going, just, they haven't stopped, they haven't settled, they're amazing musicians. And they're like, get up here and play with us. And I'm like, uh... It's C, G, and D. Hold on. You know, yeah, and, yeah. and it's just like, oh, God, I am not impressing these people. Yeah. But I, at the same time, it's Byron. So they're like, yeah, man, that's real good, kid. You yeah. Know? I mean, they've, that was like actually a place I've been to a couple jam nights at Byron's and, and I've yet to play just because of like the sheer nerves of getting up there with like so many people it's that have been playing real so, thing. so yeah. long, you know, and it's, uh, yeah, I, I regret not going up there and playing, but at the same rate, like sometimes up there things are more structured as far as the jam goes where they they might have i've been up there on some nights where they have um things timed out on like connected ipads it's like this is how the song is going these oh, are where yeah. the words are supposed to be sung yep. like you have this many bars of solo or whatever you know and i mean they can do it on the fly just as well as anybody but like they like to structure it out so it at least comes to an end mm-hmm. correctly and all the switches are perfect yeah, and a things. beginning a middle and an end is kind of nice and you know the formula of most songs but doesn't always work out that way no uh, yeah and that was like one of the things that made me nervous was it was just a little bit different formula of what was going on i was like yee i don't know i don't want to wreck anything up there yeah exactly i'm just gonna sit back and watch today you know and byron's like get up there i know you play and it's like i don't know i don't know you know like what's this d with a little seven by it i have i'm lost (laughs) yeah and that's the god's honest truth i don't know where to put my fingers when i see that so i just play a d (laughs) it'll work that'll work honestly it will um but yeah, I mean, that's another thing though, too, is like, you got to sit and think like, you're such a good songwriter doing all the things you do. And, and like you just admitted, like you don't, 
off the top of your head, like what's a D seven, you know, like, yeah, and God, it's, no. and what? I mean, I, it's just as simple to show you, but it's like, how's it applicable? Where would it fit in one of my songs? You know, when you start to run into all these different things, but just being able to utilize what you know and seeing what you can pull off with it is one of the coolest things ever, because you may not know, you know, an a minor you know, seven and nine, yeah, you know, no but it's like, but you can still throw out some really cool stuff just using like generally basic chords and little bits of like, trilling notes around here and there you know and i I honestly love the approach that john prine took to all this and i discovered him way too late like i had struggled well not really struggled writing songs for some reason that was easy i guess it's because it started out a poet but um as far as like throwing chords behind words that's difficult so i just keep reusing the same old chords you know moving the capo around or changing my finger picking and writing songs you know i just haven't haven't felt the urge to learn all the hammer-ons and all that fun stuff yet because i'm still just backbone a storyteller yeah i mean that's the other cool thing though is like you can just take that approach drag it to a jam night and it's like there somebody else do all the other stuff and and yeah. boom it's all done it's yeah all make done this for sound you. good for me fellas well it's not as yeah. sounds no, good, that's the truth like no. when i get together with the band i'm like god damn it you bring these songs alive thank you you know like they sound great but when you're sitting at home and you're like this is a good song i wrote a good song and you know you hear it in your mind and that's all you hear and then you bring it out and three of your best friends in the world just like pump air into that thing it's like whoa look at that take off yeah i mean i i oftentimes think about that with like you know the band i'm in three finger betty because john writes the majority of everything you know i'll call him like 99.9 percent song you know writer for like the whole thing the only thing is he's not playing our stuff and telling us what to play but we're still using everything he's doing words and and melody and everything to make what we're making so 99.9% 99.9% songwriter, 100, you know, 100% maybe, but it's still, it's one of those things where it's like, he's just sitting there and like, this is the way I think it should go, but it's like, oh, I get the ability to add like little fills where he can't or doesn't, or like while he's singing For or, sure. or just do little bits of, you know, harmonizing with him here and there. And it's just enough to like add depth to the song where it's like, oh, Oh yeah, this is taken off to somewhere just a little bit different. You oh know? yeah, and it pays off for everybody. I imagine all those endorphins come like to everyone. Like you know, Caleb's on the drums, just like feels good when everything connects like that. Like mm-hmm. he's getting as much like pleasure out of it as I am watching this thing grow. Yeah, so. that's the other thing. Drummers, man, like just adding drums to anything like seems to make everything explode in a different sense because you can only have so much rhythm, you know, that you can yeah. put out there yeah, by yourself. No, the emphasis is lost. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like, God, that's another one of those crazy things about just like bringing a song to a whole entire band or or to new musicians or just allowing somebody else to put their spin on it. And, uh, you know, that's something that like I've seen here a little bit at the jam nights, which is one of the funnest things is to be like, you know, Jeremy Ober's playing somebody else's song or like like you said, you I'll play a Jeremy Ober song yeah, or, no you know, it's just... And just things like that have always made me smile because it's like, oh, this isn't your song. This is his song, you know? And then you start to, like, really gain an appreciation. And not only that, but you start to see how much, you know, some of the musicians around here appreciate one another. Yeah, no doubt. I hope Jordan and Caleb play some of my songs at, you know, the Day Drinkers show because, you know, they've got to know the words by now. We've played it a million times as the Ramblers. So Mm -hmm. it's like, break it out, boys. You know, imitation is flattery. Yeah, and that's one other thing I think is, like, I'm shy about it i'd love to ask people for their music stuff like i've done it with you a few times just to like play some of the songs of yours that i enjoy where it's like hey 
do you have this in your songbook? And you're like, yeah. And I'm like, I'm going to snap a picture of, you know, your songbook here. And I'm going to yeah. take it home and play it and see what happens. You know? Yeah, fiddle around. Yeah, yep. just just for something to do. And, you know, I'm not out there to steal it. I, I haven't ever played anybody else's. No, it's not like we're out here making real money, no. man. This is all for love and soup. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah, God, that's fun. But, you know, I think about, you know, how much fun it would be to, like, cover other people's stuff. And I actually talked about this a little bit in last week's podcast with uh, Cheyenne Voss, but she plays punk music down in Des Moines, and she's trying her damnedest and um, to get everyone to try to do something kind of like that. You know, like, let's make a compilation album or, like, a cover album. Yeah, like or a song share or yeah, a song or like, swap album, yeah. Yeah, or, like, you find one of my songs, I'll find one of yours, let's cover each other's songs. Dude, and then, tell her I'm in. Yeah, I mean, that, that sounds fun. It does sound tons of I'll fun. I'll cover a punk song, you betcha. Yeah, man. And I think about that kind of stuff, because it's like, that would be good, because even if you genre swap, it would be tons of fun, you know? And Yeah, because she would never imagine the song coming out the way it's gonna, if, you know, I take over, and I would never imagine my song going the way if she took over. You know, like, yeah, that would be a blast. Yeah, and I, I, you know, and that's the thing. I, I just think that needs to happen a little bit more. And that's one of the coolest things about this area here is just, you know, like, it, like I said, just hearing some. Oh, you, you just covered a Jordan Reuter song. Like that's yeah. And that's think of wild. the exposure when she's like, you know, at all our shows or whoever's at all their shows or I am, and it's just like this song was written by blah blah blah. We did this. Check them out. You know, that's that many more ears that wouldn't have heard your name before. So yeah, I mean. That's the other thing I think about covering songs. Sometimes you can cover a song and it's like, this isn't exactly how they cover it. But like once the words come out, you're like, oh no, this is the song. Yeah, It's just a little bit, a little bit different. It's this guy's flavor, you know, like that band took it a diff- slightly different direction, you know? Yeah, and, that's the only way we cover songs generally, you know, like we'll go from Bruce Springsteen into Long Black Veil by Johnny Cash and it's all just like done in a Bob Dylan finger picking style, you know, stuff oh, like that. Oh yeah, you just uh, smush it all together like here you go. You yep, know, this is what you like, get. This is going to work out wonderfully. And <laughs> they're both sad songs. Yeah, and I mean like now that I've played East Side Window, I kind of want to like cover it and I've like now that I've played it, I've sat at home and dabbled around with like what how I would play it if I played it a slightly bit differently, you sure. know. And so like I I dabble around with that. The only hardest part I think with a lot of songs is lyrics, you know. It's tough to be like, do you have a lyric sheet for this or like are the lyrics available for this somewhere or you know, I can't really hear it on the recording and I don't want to just like mumble stuff out that I think are the actual words, you know. Yep. And I think that's like a tough humbling thing to ask someone like Oh, when I do that with Jeremy, I just say, "Child." And, you know, <laughs> and we invented a drinking game with that too. Every time Jeremy over Oh, for any of you that ever go to a Jeremy Ober show, Anytime he says child, you have to take a drink. And I dare you to make it through the whole show. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's funny. I mean, that's the other thing is like, I've realized that a lot of you guys pal around with one another and have, oh God, yeah. have these little inside jokes with one another. And none of it's meant to be like offensive or hurtful, but you know, it's just like you guys are just goofing off like, yeah, this is, this is your style, you know, and some people's styles end up becoming you know, almost a caricature if you can like mimic it, you know? Oh, for sure. Yeah. He's got a pretty good Clint Riedel. It sounds like Mickey Mouse, but I think it's spot on. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. And that's the other, like, I love knowing that um, I live in, you know, like I live in northern Iowa and I love being able to, like, access the musical scene around here. You know, like, it doesn't really matter how far you go. You can kind of have some interaction with somebody, you know, like, um, it's weird that you can tie the bands together, like the drummer in Blue Ribbon Ramblers is also the drummer in brutal republic yep. and but, the ashburys and the day drinkers yep. yeah yeah yes yeah. so like if you sit and think about that and then it's just like well how many bands do all those bands touch you know like well jeremy ober is also in 
uh lone tree revival you know oh god yeah and there's like seven members in that one yep. so and he teaches guitar lessons at chris carr's music shop yep. and, you know and chris carr is in you know the chris carr band and i've played shows with jeff blummel before on the drums for me yeah. you know yeah, it's, and it's, it's like, like the six degrees of kevin bacon or whatever the seven degrees of yep. separation so yeah you're gonna find somebody in fort dodge that has somehow played music with somebody you know if yeah. you just start with one of us yeah right? and i love doing that being able to just slowly tie everything together and just being like oh yeah this is how everything yeah. fits like you know? we can get to jake Merritt in probably four steps you yeah know? yeah exactly oh man that'd be such a fun game to play <laughs> Oh, Time to man. get drunk and start. Yep. You know, and I mean, I'm sure there's other scenes that can do that too, like uh, like the Des Moines, you know, metal scene. I'm sure would be pretty good, you know, at doing that because they had handfuls of bands that were, you know, made it four or five years and then liquidated, and then a new band formed out oh, of sure. some of the you know former members of other bands and things like that. So, I'm sure they have the ability to do that in other scenes, but mm. it's it's so fun up here because just everybody's just everybody seems to be for the most part pretty buddy buddy with everybody else you yeah know? definitely it's it's supportive up here it's a family there's a little you know there's always going to be animosity like i wish i had the voice of god like jeremy ober but since i don't i'm going to rely on my on my talking skills dude the amount of people up here i i hear that are just like i wish i was a better singer and i'm just sitting here like dude dude mm, yeah know, that's so offensive to hear like nine of you guys who are good singers i'll be like i wish i was better at singing like dude i can't even sing at all like leave me alone <laughs> oh brute like, force and ignorance that's the only thing i can do you that, know that's get why through it. that's why i do blues songs man it's <laughs> like well the range is about six notes tops and uh there's yep. gonna be a lot of room for guitar yep, yep. Like, yeah exactly yep. Yeah. Yep. oh man so it's you know it's kind of cool to hear that like you know things went from a spot where like there were shows all the time and then absolutely nothing and then i started talking i talked to you you know before everything shut down and we got kind of like uh another look into what was going on but then as soon as everything shut down i sat down over here and talked with you and and jesse on a podcast jesse wilson and kind of got like your take on what all was going down and you were playing a lot of those internet shows and uh you know now everything's starting back up jam nights are heating up the last one i went to up here in barnum was absolute riot uh, one of the funnest i've ever been to there were so many people up there uh nobody was you know there was never nobody playing that's what it was you know and no, it, some jam nights you go to and it almost feels like an obligation by the end of the night like man nobody's playing i guess i'll go up and play some leads you know and then your heart's just not in it but there was always musicians up there just ramming stuff out there i mean you'd hear like yeah nobody was really chomping at the bit but everybody was willing and ready you know? exactly yeah. that's what it was you didn't have to kick anyone off stage no nope. but at the same time like everyone was ready to go on stage so it was tons of fun i got to see new people play music you know Got to go up there with Scott Kirkhart a little bit, you know, and it's yeah. always fun to see him, you know, and it's just kind of cool that, like, like yeah, I said. Yeah, that Cody kid made it in from M MGCC, or, yeah. Yeah, playing drums. Yeah. Yeah, that was another one. It's just like, dude, we need, a, you know, we need, we need drummers. And then out of the woodwork, here's a drummer. Yep, yep. yep. That was nice. And, and he, that was another one. He was just like, as soon as everyone was just like, all right, we're done, we're done, and everybody would put all the stuff down, and it's like, Oh, it looks like we're going to take a 10 minute break or something. Nobody's going to play. And he'd just be sitting there, like, like looking around, like, uh, everybody, were, were you leaving? And I want somebody, a drum. Yeah. like, oh, I'll play a song, you know? And he'd just be like, good, good, there you go. You know, and he was just, he was helping coax everybody to play more songs. Yeah, because it's nice to have a drummer on hand, you know? Like, people take advantage of that. Like, okay, I'm going to play some hard shit now. Yep. Get ready. Yeah, I mean, Jesse even got up there and played the electric. Heck, you yeah. played the electric yeah, for that, a while. I was waiting for someone to scream Judas. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty nice, you know? Like, that was the other fun thing was, you know, bringing up some some gear and just being like well here's my guitar and my amp and uh 
I, I set everything for one tone, use the volume knob the best you can, and, and go for it, you know. And I had a fucking blast. That was, honestly, I don't play the electric at all, like, at all. So it feels like driving not even someone else's car, like somebody else's boat. Yeah. And I've never sailed. So Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was, it was really good. It was tons of fun. And that's one of the things I like about it up there. It's like everyone gets a little bit out of their element. Everybody tries things. Heck, I've been here one night. There was a violin player here. I've been here when oh, there were yeah, flute Rochelle, players. Yeah. You know, I've been here when there's, you name it. Like everybody gets up there with whatever yeah, they yeah. want to do and, and add to it as long as you can kind of figure out what key music's in and go with it, you know. Yeah, I've had a guy up here playing the wash tub, like oh, the cool. stand-up bass, the one-string bass where you just bend the, the rod or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and then Dan from uh, Manson, he plays the wash tub bass, like, drum while he's, you know, using the wash board as the percussion. And it's just, everything gets nutty. It, you never know what you're going to see. That's cool. So, uh, you know, it's kind of cool to see everything kind of come back around full circle uh, you got shows, jam nights are, are popping off here. You know, it's it's tons of fun. It's a great environment. To, if you guys want to come watch a jam night or or be part of one, or, or if you're a musician and you just want to see what they're all about, stop up. I almost guarantee you'll get coaxed into playing something if you admit that you play an instrument. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Oh. I, I blame Brad Hofink for that because... For a while, nobody would ever play guitar, and then Brad just started bringing a guitar and an amp and plugging it in and leaving it on stage, and he'd yeah. just be like, it's sitting right there, it's plugged yeah. in, you just have to pick it up and turn the volume knob, and it's like, okay, that okay. sounds easy enough, and it's a beautiful tube amp with this G&L, yeah, yeah, I guess I can... I guess, yeah. dang it, okay, yeah. Twisted my arm enough, you know, and God, it's just so fun. And I'm that's I'm really thankful to have that atmosphere up here, you know. As I don't want to get mushy because we were getting close to the end here, but you know, like it's so weird that you and I met because I did this podcast. And I never would have thought I would have like made Yeah, man, you're doing good things for a lot of freaking people. Like Jesse's exposure just went through the roof, you know. Yeah, he deserves it too, man. He's he's doing stuff that no one else is doing too, you know. Yeah, he's on the grind, honestly. He's like making he's making beats and he wants to record so bad, but with this COVID stuff, like it's getting a little more difficult to do anything, you know, mm-hmm. like just look at a Walmart shelf and know that the world is shut down for a minute. And yeah. I mean, that's also like one of the weird benefits of technology. Not everyone's got it at their disposal, but I remember, I, I think uh, Alejandro Trevino did a baseline for some of his stuff and just like recorded it and sent it to him. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, chances are he's smart enough for that. Yeah. And so, like, that's kind of the cool part about technology is you can just sit at your house and be like, oh, here's the baseline and then just like send it back to him and Enjoy. They, yep. they plug it in and away you go, you know. So, I mean, that's that's one of those fun things is, you know, I, I, didn't, I didn't know a lot of these people until I did the podcast, you know, and it's, you know, you're one of the better friends I've met because of the podcast. Yeah, man, you know, we disc golf and everything. Yeah. I and mean, it's, it's really cool. You know, it's cool to see that everything's kind of going you know, I want to say like better, but everything's kind of somewhat back to a little bit more normal for you. You know, shows picking oh, up. Oh yeah, you know, definitely. And, like I wouldn't have been able to make those hard copies if, like, if they go back to fifty percent capacity or something. Like where bar owners are like, uh, we're not making any money. We can't afford to pay you. It's like, oh, oh gosh, yeah. And that's uh, and that's the rough thing. It's that double-edged sword because you can't just go in there and try and strong arm a bar. You know, you just yeah. you just guys you got to meet in the middle somewhere and un- have a business understanding. And no doubt. And to be honest, like it'll just be like how I started when I when I broke out of the gate, saying I'm just gonna play music and that's my job. And I was charging like fifty bucks for an hour, so like I'll I'll start doing like two hour shows for a hundred bucks solo just to you know keep eating. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a rough one too, because then where do you cut the people off? You know, so like you got to make these. Yeah, and you definitely don't want anyone to get used to that, and you don't want to undersell anybody. Like, 
uh, I don't remember who I was talking to, but when I first started out and I told them my rates and everything, they were like, man, you're going to have to pick up your rates pretty soon. And I'm like, well, you know, it's only two hours set. It's not like I'm, you know, bringing a big light and smoke show or anything. And they're like, yeah, but us uh, other musicians out here trying to get $500 for two hours, like you're making it hard for us to get hired. I'm like... Oh, sorry about that. Well, I got to eat. My bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the toughest part about it, too, because you don't want to, like, undersell yourself or other musicians, but you also don't want to, like, I don't know. It's The price ranges that bands get around here are, are wild, though, too, because, like, depending on how many members, how far everyone has to drive, how big the production is. Yeah, no doubt. Like, how, it takes how, two hours to set up. You how know, good yeah. the sound is, whether or not they have a dedicated sound person yep, with them. Exactly. I mean, I mean, you can go down the line and... Everyone has justifiable rates. I've heard yep. a, I've heard a lot of different bands' rates, and it's like, dude, for what they're charging, for what they're charging, it's totally kosher. You know, like I, I'd, I'd pay that to watch these guys. You know, just to have them at my bar. You yeah, know? no doubt. And so, like, it's tough to find. I've always found that it's tough to find that happy spot where you should charge whatever. Because, um, like, let me put it this way: like, I'm in a punk band. We play a lot of shows in Des Moines, and. At a lot of the bars, there's not always the greatest payouts. It's just the way it works when there's... Sure, play for the door do- and dozen, hope. Yeah, yeah. Dozens and dozens of bars, you know, dozens upon dozens upon dozens of hundreds of bands of all different varieties, you yep. know, playing everywhere across town. And, uh, you know, so you just have to kind of take what you can get. But if we travel, you know, and we bring all our own PA and lights and things like that, we found that we can actually like charge an amount that's justifiable to get everyone to go places. You bet. You know, and it's the weird part is it's on the low end compared to most of the bands around here, but the difference is we're playing like hard rock and it's like really high energy all the time. So it's tough to just like. It's a niche. Yeah. Like yeah. you got to find the people that are willing to endure like two hours of let's go. Yeah, know? exactly. Instead yeah. of just. Uh, Something that's a little bit more easy listening, or like something you can like eat a pizza to yeah, at a like bar. You're not gonna you know? flirt with a girl at one of your no, shows. No, you know? probably it's, not. Probably it's not. Be like, what did you say? Yeah. I said your hair looks nice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's gonna be rough going. That's yeah. for sure. But that's like you know, that's one of the things you just gotta find out where where you fit, uh, in what places you fit that way. Because like you said, capacity sometimes plays a role in this stuff. You know, Real it's thing, like yeah. You know, how many people can you actually put in here? You know, I can't charge you a gazillion dollars because it's... Yep, and like we're we're playing in Waterloo this Saturday and it's like, okay, that's borderline perfect, you know, so they're happy with the wage that we charged and we're happy with the wage that we get to drive the two hours to Waterloo, yep. set up a show, haul ass. Oh, and it's all, it's really steep stairs by the way the, oh geez the venue is called the loft okay so yeah you're you're walking gear upstairs oof that's rough yeah i mean i don't mind it you know they pay you they pay you to drive the playing is fun so as as long as the drive is paid for like i'll go there yeah i mean that's something else you got to consider is the travel you know i mean we're a punk band from des moines iowa for the most part and if anybody wants to travel anywhere it's yeah, you're going to Kansas City, or yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh well, let's play in Iowa City. You know, even that's you know an, at least an hour from Des Moines. You know, for me, it's like three hour drive. You sure, know, so after it's you like get down there, God. So it's like we're gonna have to charge a decent amount because I'm I need to make this back in gas. This isn't just a regular show. You know, where everybody just scoots across town yeah, and plays. Like when they give you twenty bucks, they're like, oh, we didn't have much of a turnout. It's like. uh that buys my cigarettes and a hot dog out of here. Yeah, I so. mean, there have been shows like that before. I mean, 
It's it's tough, but you know, it, I gosh, who was I talking to? And we were talking about how it was just it's just the different aspects of the different bands. I think it was Mike Schulte from the Pork Tornadoes, but he was just like, yeah, I mean, everyone just takes this different business approach, and it's whatever business approach fits the situation the best. You know, like a lot of the bands that play like you know originals and and high energy rock music. You know, they usually end up reinvesting things into like the recording and stuff like that. You yeah. know, whereas up here, it's like you guys can increase your production or buy a you know a new sound system or new gear and then you guys' show improves so everybody has something that's improving what they're doing oh yeah and it's step by step like uh you know we're investing as a band per se but it's really just brad like spending a lot of money like we've got, <laughs> we've got the best mains around like the speakers and you know uh we he and i both pitched in on his mixer and stuff like that like we're always upgrading gear seems like he is a little more often than the rest of us but uh yeah our sound has improved so much simply like and then your confidence just picks up with it because it's like wow that was us all right yeah yeah yeah. let's do that again dude that's that's the other cool thing i love that about music too you just everybody ups their game depending on who they're around and for the most part it's always an enjoyable experience to to play music in a band jam night by yourself doesn't matter yeah therapy yeah man well, dude, I mean, we've covered uh, we've covered over an hour, so it's uh, pretty perfect. Thanks for joining awesome. me uh, yeah, this weekend, anytime, and uh, best of luck on all your shows. And check out his music video if you haven't seen it. It's a music video for Hey There Ma. It's on Clint Riedel Music Facebook. Yeah, be sure to check out uh, my solo album, uh, Scale House Sessions, on Amazon and whatnot. And... Yeah, hopefully. Wish me luck. I'm going to make a hard copy of uh, Live from Everywhere, Blue Ribbon Ramblers. You going to put that out digitally, you think, too? Uh, not at first. I, I don't know. It might be just as easy, yeah. honestly, Like because that is the way of the world anymore. Like, yeah, yeah. So, all right. Yeah, man, check that out. It's going to be coming out soon here, probably, and uh, digitally or not. Otherwise, catch Clint live at a jam night or in your town, because he's probably been to your town or he's coming close by. So. so check it out. Thanks, Clint. I appreciate it. You bet, man. Oh, yeah, it's good to sit down and talk with my buddy Clint again. And, uh, you know, we got a little sentimental in there. You know, I met him pretty much just from doing the podcast, and he's become one of my better friends over the last year or so. You know, just kind of somebody to hang out with and and play music with. And, you know, he's always in a positive attitude for the most part. So it's one of the best things. You can go over there and jam with him, and he's not... He's not going to be like, oh, you're in the wrong key or anything like that. He just he just likes playing music and likes hanging out with people. And that's one of my favorite things about him. And you know what else? Uh, it's pretty cool that he's going out doing shows again. You know, this is, this is his livelihood. And he's got the benefit of being able to bring a litany of different musicians with him. You know, he can go solo or he can go with uh, Brad, his bassist, in uh, the Blue Ribbon Ramblers. And they call themselves uh, Clint Riedel and The Truth. Otherwise, you know, he can bring in uh, drummer and guitar as well, which, you know, they could go full band, Blue Ribbon Ramblers, or they can do any combination of it, really. And that's one of the coolest parts about him is when people hit him up for shows, he has the option to, to tell people like, hey, I can come solo and it'll be this much, or I can bring a whole band, it'll be that much. You know, so he's got options as far as a musician goes, and that's pretty sweet. You know, not too many musicians have the options available to him that he does, you know. And if there's an off chance where some one of the other musicians has a gig booked already, he can just go solo, and you know that's that's pretty sweet as well. He does he can do it all, ladies and gent. Clint Riedel. I hope you guys uh, enjoyed this podcast. It was really fun to sit down and talk with him. I don't get to sit down and talk to too many people face to face anymore. I'm trying my best to do it, but at the same time, I'm not going to poke the bear and go out of my way too much just to 
just to bother people face to face. You know, it's I get it. There's a pandemic, and uh, it's just it's it's rough. You know, it really is rough. But uh, I do like going to those jam nights in Barnum. They've been they've been pretty packed with musicians lately. You know, and it's been one of the more fun things that I've been able to do during all this. You know, and it's. The Junkyard in Barnum's a fun place. I gotta reiterate one more time that, you know, they didn't pay us to say anything nice about them. They didn't pay us a dime. We just said nice things about them because they're awesome. So if you guys uh, are in the Fort Dodge area and you haven't been to Barnum to the Junkyard, go check it out. It's a bar, it's a grill, they got music, and uh, boom, it's one of my favorite places to go. Uh, I go there sometimes and I'll snag a burger before the jam nights and things like that and then I'll get up on the guitar and jam a little bit on Tuesdays. So if you're uh, free on a Tuesday evening, swing out to a jam night, check out Barnum's Facebook page. They've got all the updates for all the jam nights and stuff. On the off chance one has to get canceled in case Clint gets a, a gig or something, but Clint runs the jam nights there, so that's what's pretty cool, you know. I, I kind of, it's a little bit of a drive for me, but it's, it's tons of fun to be out there and just hanging out with people and and you know, I meet new people almost every single week I'm there, so that's also pretty cool. And you know, I, I just really like being able to go out and play some music with people, and, and it's uh, nobody's judging you there, and everybody's just there to have a good time. And that's one of my favorite things about going to jam nights is everyone just kind of, hey, have you ever heard this song? It's in this key, and just go for it. And uh, it just kind of comes out as it comes out, and that's what's really fun about it. You know, you get to make music on the fly, and guess what? You get to make friends on the fly, too. So check it out. Uh, hey, also scroll down below, I put a link to Clint's music video that I helped him make. So if you guys want to check that out, there's a link in the description section as well, as well as links to everything else Clint Riedel has going on. So check that out as well. And uh, hey, I'll tell you what, I will check everybody next week. I got to give a shout out to everybody that's listened throughout the, you know, COVID. It's been, uh, it's been kind of tough. There's not too much to talk about musically. There is some stuff to talk about. I've been trying to pull out all the stops and talk with as many people about as much stuff as I can. But it's not really like there's tons of people out there playing shows right now. It's still pretty, pretty thin, if you ask me. So, hey, if you guys want to talk about something, uh, hit me up. Go to audiblefarm.com. Scroll all the way down to the bottom and fill out one of our little... Uh, our little forms there. We got forms that'll say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm this person, I play in this band, and blah, blah, this, that, and the other, and you can send it to me. I will get it in an email, and I will do my best to contact you. Uh, the worst part about a lot of that stuff is is it goes like an accordion. Sometimes I'll have like five or six people send me an email in a week, and then I won't have anybody send me anything for months. So it's kind of goofy, and the worst part is sometimes by the time I get back to some people, uh, they're not as active as with music as they used to be, so it is a little bit difficult trying to wrangle everybody together and talk to everybody, you know. But uh, hey, send me a line. Otherwise, you can go to audiblefarm.com, listen to all of the Audible Farm podcast stuffs, as well as find our links to everything. Also, on the bottom of the Audible Farm website, you can find links to other podcasts, radio shows, and things of that nature there as well. Um, you know, I just did my best to, to make a nice little conglomeration of everybody that I knew was making music and what they were doing and, and uh, who supports music and how they support it and whether or not it's a radio show, etc. I, I got a pretty good list down there, so check that out if you guys are into live music and you like what we're doing. You'll probably like what someone else is doing too, so check it out. Uh, otherwise, go back listen to the old episodes. I think this is like the fourth episode I've done with Clint maybe the fifth so if you're looking for like more of a background story on what what goes on with clint uh go back to like episode what is it like 10 or so somewhere in like episode 10 was like the first time i ever met clint so it was kind of a pretty interesting conversation we had there and uh yeah you just go ahead and check out all the old episodes uh let us know which one you uh have as a favorite so yeah 
appreciate it. And uh, I gotta say thanks to Couchtown Coffee. Couchtown Coffee has just been just been killing it, been supporting us for months and months, and uh, you know almost almost the entirety of the podcast. So hats off to them. If you haven't checked them out, check them out. www.couchtowncoffee.com. Otherwise, I gotta say thanks to Clint for joining me on this podcast. I gotta say thanks to you for listening. Uh, shout out once again to Couchtown Coffee, and uh, we'll throw another high five at the Junkyard Bar and Grill for throwing those jams. Uh, all right, that's it. We're done. We'll check you next week, everybody. Peace. <laughs>